Episode 105 of the Bev and James Oz Show. Are you protecting yourself? Radio team, welcome along to episode 105 of the Bev and James Oz Show. It's a lovely day here in Christchurch. My neighbours doing some work in the garden. They've got the music on in the background. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm normally recording on a Monday. I'm just getting a little bit ahead of myself today. I'm heading over to Taipei tomorrow to do some work over in Taipei to do some fitness work over there. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. And uh, so I thought I'll get a bit ahead of myself. And uh, your typical Sunday, most people are out in their garden doing some work. And my neighbour's about doing that right now. I do like the kind of when you're outside, some music on the background. And, you know, that day when you're doing that kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, today's show is going to be a Bevan show. I've got a topic that I find quite interesting and it comes from some experiences I've had with people recently and I think it might hit a note with quite a few people and uh, yeah, and then that's pretty much it. There's not a huge amount to talk to before I get into the main gist of today's show really, other than I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, my writing's still going really well. <laughs> That's about it. I've been talking about running quite a bit on the show recently, but I think you guys probably heard enough about that. So I'm pretty much going to get straight into the show pretty early on in the show today. But before I do, I do want to mention a few patrons of the show. And these include Brittany Mystic McKitchen. We've got Greg the Python Crowley. We've got Luke Mayhem Miller. We've got Pip the Silent Assassin Langford. And Kate the Perfect One Southern. If you want to become a patron of the show, just go to bevanjamesisles.com and you can check it out. And uh, yeah, actually, one one thing I, I will quickly talk about on my other podcast. Oh, actually, yeah, so bevanjamesisles.com, you support me in everything I'm doing. And for those people who are patrons of the show, it really means a lot. It really does. So thank you to the patrons. And basically, what happens is each time I release a show, whatever you decide you want to donate towards the show, you know, you get donation happens each time I release a show. So if I don't release a show, you don't donate. It's only when I release a show. And there's a link to Patreon, which is a way to go through this process. So check out bevanjamesisles.com. Uh, one thing I will talk about before I get into the main gist of the show, I do another podcast called I Am Talking. And I got an email about my weekly meeting. My weekly meeting is this thing I do each week. I've, I've probably talked about it on the show. But I go into quite a bit of detail about my weekly meeting on last week's show. Um, and I've received quite a few emails. It's really quite nice. Um, you know, in my other podcast, I often talk about, even on this show, how in that show, my job is to be the feeder. John, the guy I do show with, is more of a triathlon expert than I am. So I very much, you know, I add to the show, but I'm kind of very much the feeder in the show. And I kind of, you know, I kind of know my place in the show, if you know what I mean. And, um, but, you know, I often don't really go into in-depth topics like I warned on the show here. But last week I did, and, uh, you know, I just got some really big feedback around this. And so uh, it's, it's episode 565 of I Am Talk, and it's about, oh, wait a second, if I put up the show right now, let me do this so I can figure it out. It's probably about, you know, an hour and 10 minutes into the show, maybe an hour, five minutes into the show, if you want to fast forward and listen to it. And it's just this whole idea of, you know, one thing I believe, is the most important thing and it's something I really try to work with with people I work with in life is the idea of giving yourself a moment in your week where you stop, reflect, learn, plan ahead for the next week. You know, I, I fundamentally believe if, if you in your life were to give yourself half an hour, an hour a week out of, you know, how many hours do we have in a week? If you were to give yourself an hour a week where you just stop, 
reflected upon the last week, thought to yourself, what can I learn from the last week? And then plan this next week, not just as in the tasks I need to do, but who I want to be, who am I as a person, kind of that, that, that foundation stuff as a person. I fundamentally believe if you implemented that habit into your life, you're going to be a much more successful person at living a life that is good for you, that's right for you. And if you're living a life that's good and right for you in a way that's really genuinely you being you, you know, then that's got to be good for the world as well. And, you know, and, and that's what this this kind of episode talks about is this kind of idea of my weekly meeting isn't me just sitting down saying, here's the things I need to do this week. It's it's very much a, a moment where I go, who am I? You know, who am I? And am I being that right now? Why have I been that in the last week? And how am I trying to evolve? And, and, and have I gone a step forward? Or have I gone back? And then as I think about this week coming up, what are going to be those moments where I do go forward? And uh, the thing I often talk about with my weekly meeting is that when I do it well, and, and to be honest, I only spend about 20 minutes a week doing my weekly meeting. I've kind of learned how to do it really well. But when I do it well, I have great weeks, like I really do, and it's really funny, sometimes occasionally it doesn't happen, it's pretty rare nowadays, but occasionally my weekly meeting doesn't happen, and when it doesn't happen, I'm just a bit crap, now I'm not terrible, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, it's not end of the world stuff, it's not that I'm totally losing myself, but there's definitely a 20 to 30% drop off of me being on my good place, and that's what my weekly meeting's all about, but I'm not going to go too much detail here, because you can go to listen to it, actually what I'll do is I'll put a link to that episode of I Am Talk in the show notes, and again, it's about an hour or five into the show, if you like triathlon, you might, you might like I Am Talk, well I think you will like I Am Talk, but if you don't like triathlon, you probably just want to fast forward to about an hour or five, and you'll hear me talk about this, and you know, you may get some value from it. Just you are somebody who's looking to run 5Ks, before I get into the main gist of the show, you can go to my5kdream.com, sign up for uh, some free information, and then it gets you through to the process where you can even join up to join My5K Dream. And I've got to say, I'm pretty proud of what My5K Dream is doing, because My5K Dream, I've talked about it on the show for a while now, but it's been out for about a month now, and um, we, we've got a private group for people who have joined my 5k dream and I've just got an email with one of the one of the you know the, so we've got this private group so people have joined the group and it's only for people who've joined the group so they can support each other along the journey and we've got a we've got a comment on our group and I haven't asked this person if I can talk about it so I won't say her name but I just want to read this out and it's it so represents what I love you know this is me doing my work in this world and it's this person and she's got in the interest of owning my good I am proud of how I show up for the sessions even when I have to move them around. I always stretch and no longer feel sore. I'm enjoying that my daughter sees me as a runner and encourages me to go out rather than cling to my leg like she did in week one. I'm celebrating my shift in self-perception and I no longer identify myself as a lazy person exercise-wise who never puts herself first. I now regularly exercise. Now, this person is getting fitter, you know, I think they're halfway through my 5k dream, so they're getting fitter, you know, they're moving, they're, you know, they're getting closer to that point where they're going to run 5k's, and so that, that aspect of it's really cool, but listen to what she's learning in her life right now, she's learning to prioritize herself, she's learning that she's a role model for her kid, she's learning her kid actually wants her to go out and do it, and this is a, this kid, I don't know, well, I don't know how old the daughter is, but, you know, that her daughter sees that she is, it's better for her her mother to go out and exercise. Also, she's you know she's seeing that her her own self perception. I am a lazy person. Exercise has shifted. Who never puts herself first. 
her self-identity is shifting. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do when I created my 5K dream was to create this. But it's just, it just reinforces everything that I believe with exercise. Exercise, sure, we love movement, sure, we get healthier and fitter. But it's the biggest stuff. You know, these lessons here give this person a potential to have a much healthier life, not just in the physical, but in the mental as well. And so I'm just, you know, I'm, I love that when, you know, my 5K dream, the people who have joined up are having these experiences because, you know, when you design something, I always think, you know, my work does it succeed, you know, and it's, it's the, you know, do I, you know, if I'm designing a 5K product, are people going to run 5K? And, you know, and then the second question is, what is success? You know, if, if the goal is for people run people 5Ks, well, that, that's success. But actually, my success is that they learn life lessons that they can take forward after they've ran 5Ks. And, you know, this person who's halfway through the program, that's the experience that they are having. They are learning these life lessons that, sure, they're going to run 5Ks, and which is awesome. It'll be a pretty big moment for them. But also, look at those lessons. And, you know, that's what, to me, exercise is all about. So... This kind of an advertisement for my 5K dream. If you, if you, it's designed for women between the ages of 35 to 55 to run 5Ks. It's everything, and I mean everything, because you have these lessons where I teach you deep, dark, deep, dark, <laughs> deep, deep. I wouldn't say the dark, deep, thorough lessons that help you to learn the experience. So check that out. Maybe you're not a woman between the age of 35 to 55. If you know somebody who fits that, who maybe hasn't been doing exercise, you can share that with them. Anyway, I'm going to get into the main gist of today's show, and uh, you can check it out right about now. So one of the biggest things you're trying to do when you're trying to, to help people grow is you're trying to figure out what's the real problem. And I'm, I'm sure I've done this on the show many times in the past, this whole idea of, you know, how do you help people figure out the real thing that they need to be working on? And, and often when you work with someone in a one-on-one -on -one setting where maybe you're kind of a mentor or a slash coach, you you might not get there straight away. And, and I've, I've had many examples of clients who I've worked with for maybe a, you know, a period of time before the real thing comes out. Sometimes that real thing is actually a lot bigger than maybe I was prepared for. You know, I've, I've had some sessions of people who have revealed some some really big things, and and often sometimes they've held it from me. So in in a way where they've almost waited to a moment where they felt they could trust me enough to be able to share the thing that was holding them back, um, and then they would open that up to me at a moment where they felt trust. And that, that totally makes sense, doesn't it? Like you're not going to reveal your deepest, darkest struggle to somebody who you don't trust because you need to know that with that person, they are going to do the right thing by you if that's the case. And, um, you know, and so sometimes that's what you experience when you do coaching. You you kind of, the first few sessions, you, you know, you might feel that you're adding value, but really they're not really revealing why they're working with you yet. And while... Um, you know, and then once they get to that moment where they feel trust, they will start to open up another layer. And then, and the good thing is, once you understand that level of the problem they're trying to solve, then you can really do the work that needs to be done. And to me, that's that's a big part of you know the, the relationship you build with somebody, any anyone in your life who you're trying to help or who's trying to help you grow. And, um, you know, and it, that might be someone who's a coach, a mentor, or it might be just be a friend. It might be, you know, the person that you go to in your life. You know, like it's, it's, it's one thing I've been thinking about lately is, 
you know, I think all of us ultimately want unconditional love. Um, you know, and I think those people who have unconditional love is they, they walk through the world in a much easier way. Whereas those people who maybe don't necessarily feel a sense of unconditional love, um, you know, it's 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 a different experience and maybe a lot more of a struggle because you're maybe searching for it in ways that you know that maybe you don't get. And so um, I'm not quite sure where we went unconditional love there, but but anyway, so uh, so with, but then so there's a client who maybe come to this. Oh no, no, that's why I'm doing it. Is that with unconditional love or, or with trust is never is probably where I want to go with this is that you know if I can trust you if I can totally trust you then I can show you and if I can show you it's going to be healthier for me especially the things that maybe I'm vulnerable and secure about um, if I can show that that allows me to open up because often you know one of the things that I, I've really discover with some of my clients who maybe struggle with themselves a little bit is that when times get tough they isolate themselves so in their tougher times what they really do is they actually push away from the world that actually makes their times even tougher and you know one one thing that if you have a person who you feel unconditional trust with at that moment you know you can go to them in a way that allows you to explore work through and move forward and you know, so so to have people in your life who you trust is a really important thing. And and again, so you can open up. But then I also think that sometimes I have clients who you know, so there, there's you know, if I'm going to say there's an A and a B, and there's, there's also a CBD and so on. But um, but if there's an A is the person who comes into it knowing they want to reveal something but need a level of trust before they're going to open up, that's that's a big part of it. But then sometimes there's the person who doesn't actually know what the real problem is and they come to you and you know you establish the trust and you've got a good relationship with them and you're working through you know you, you know and I'm quite practical in the way I work with people so I do try to look for practical tools and um, perspectives and you know mindsets that are going to allow us to work through the things that we think that they should be working through but sometimes you can be working with a client for a long time before you maybe actually get to the depth of what really needs to be worked on and recently I had a session with a client like that where um, basically we figured out that this person, how would I put it, this person, the kind of loneliness is the, the thing that they are most fearful of, um, you know, the idea of being lonely, you know, and I, I think when I say that you understand what I'm talking about, and um now this person at the same time is a little bit overweight, and 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 and, and, and it's kind of always been a little bit overweight, and we discovered that fundamentally, this person's biggest concern in life was that will they be lonely for the rest of their lives, and and, and ultimately they kind of live in a place where that's an underlying kind of foundation they sit on top of it is am I going to be lonely for the rest of life and so we kind of started to dig deep into we, we kind of got to this point we discovered this kind of fear of loneliness was a big thing that maybe they'd never actually seen and it was really interesting having this session with the person because they it was really obvious that you know we figured out something that maybe they hadn't seen was the real problem and so you know they they it was, it was a light bulb moment 
you know, it was a real light bulb moment for them. And so we, we basically figured this out and we kind of thought to ourselves, okay, well, where does this come from? Now, one thing we really discovered is, you know, this person is a little bit overweight and kind of has had a whole life experience where they're a little bit overweight. Now, I know we live in a time where we're a lot more sensitive to other people's feelings around being overweight. Um, and well, well, in some worlds we are, I'm sure in some aspects of, you know, of society that's still not the case. Um, it is still easy to look down upon the person who's overweight just because they're overweight and to kind of lose perspective of them as a person. I think a lot of people are probably a bit guilty of that in a way that actually is quite harmful. And this person would tell me some stories about how the world treated them and it was actually quite horrible. It was It was disgusting, really. It was... You know, for some reason, just because somebody's overweight, other people, you know, can feel that they're allowed to express, you know, uh, rude, um, obnoxious, um, hurtful, you know, comments in public in front of other people because, you know, you're lesser because you're overweight. And can you imagine, I, I, you know, for you listening to this, I'm not sure where you are at, but if, if can you imagine if you're not overweight, what that must be like that if you're in a public setting that someone feels that you're an easy target because you're overweight and socially well i'm not sure if it's acceptable or not but you know so much so that they feel that there's a comment that they can make now can you imagine what that would be like like how damaging would that be to a person to hear that in front of people like I remember when I was younger, there was a period about 12, 13 years ago where I was, I, I suffered a little bit of kind of, um, a little bit of depression, a little bit of, you know, I was, I was going through a really tough time. And my, my thing when I go through a really tough time, and I've only had it a couple of times in my life, but I start to stutter. And and I'm not quite sure why that is. It was just an, you know, it was an insecurity I have and I'd kind of start to stutter a little bit. And it was, I was going through this time in a way where it was getting pretty obvious. And I remember one somebody I knew who was, actually quite a vicious character and in front of a whole group of people who said, Bev, you're a stuttering fool, mate. Why won't you just kind of, can't you just say your words? And I remember just, it just absolutely destroyed me, you know, because I was pretty insecure in this area anyway. Um, I was hoping the world didn't see it. I was hoping the world would see me in a certain way. And, you know, and for this person in public to kind of humiliate me like that was, was, was horrible. And I have to say it probably took me, three or four months in working on myself to work through this to, to get to a place where I got back to normality in my life well this person who I was working with has experienced those moments quite a few times in their life and you know from a very young age of this whole idea of the world is quite harmful and harmful in a really hurtful way like again, like if you are someone who's overweight right now and you know what I'm talking about, you know, there's a really good podcast out recently um, that came out about Richard Simmons. We all know Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons basically has kind of pulled, pulled away from public life and somebody in his world, basically kind of, it's called Missing Richard Simmons and it kind of, it started with a bang and it kind of fizzled out because the story was not that interesting at the end. He basically, Richard Simmons decided he'd want to pull away. But Richard Simmons is a bit of a role model for... Um, well, in some ways for me, but but as in like you know, really trying to help people, particularly those who are quite a lot overweight, to achieve massive 
change in their life. And, you know, the you know, if we go back to what I was saying earlier on in my show about my 5K dream, well, the proof is in the pudding. He, he helped so many people and there's kind of, commitment to it was what was really impressive like you know in this podcast they talked about how so for many people you know he had this public persona but he would actually ring people you know no one knew he would ring people and he'd write to people keep these relationships with people for years and years because just of how much he cared about helping them and I was kind of like I was I was kind of blown away as I listened to this because this isn't a guy who just dealt with 20 people. He was with millions of people. Now, obviously, he didn't deal with millions of people in a personal way, but just his commitment to caring. And one thing that, that was kind of expressed in this kind of missing Richard Simmons podcast was this, an overweight person, even when they lose the weight, often has the scarring that came with being an overweight person. That, that you know, that, that kind of perspective, that kind of, identification of self that I've sat with and is something that maybe you hold on to after the fact and they kind of talk about Richard Simmons now this is a very third person but they kind of talk about he was a very overweight person and you know obviously lost a lot of weight and became this kind of fitness icon and um yeah and and how he maybe never let go of being you know the white person and, and kind of what was it what was the cost to his life for that and I can kind of you know when you think about you know going back to that situation where it is just someone in public could could shame you because you're overweight and if that was an experience you had a lot in your life you could see why even when you lost weight that would be something that maybe it would be hard to let go of at least you know it would be something you'd really need to work on and letting go of and so anyway going back to where I'm kind of going down my path here so so this client I was working with had a fear of being lonely also had an experience of the world being very harmful and basically mean in a way that had to affect you, had to affect you. And, and it happened from an early stage in their life. And one thing that we discovered as we kind of continued down our conversation in this area was that the loneliness that they were fearful of was always going to be the case if something didn't change in their life. And when I kind of, when we kind of identified that, you could tell there was a big moment in our conversation. And what do I mean by that? Well, the, the loneliness that maybe they even experienced at this moment in their life was partly because the world had, had hurt them. And the world had hurt them pretty much from as long as they could remember. And the world had hurt them in a way that was pretty damaging. And for that reason... This person had protected themselves from hurt in life. This person had protected themselves from hurt in life. And again, if you can imagine what it's like to be publicly shamed just because you're overweight, or to think that the world thinks you're a certain way just because you're overweight, even though that you know they've never given you the chance to actually learn the real person, you can understand that at a very early on, early stage in your life, you've thought to yourself, do you know what? I really need to protect myself from this. Like, I know I would. I'd be trying to protect myself. And a part of this person trying to protect themselves was, sorry, it's being my, my mic there. Uh, a part of the, 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 the this person trying to protect themselves was that they never really showed the real selves to an aspect of the world. Now, this person has really good friends, so with their friends, they, they were good like that, but in developing deeper connections with 
you know, and outside of this kind of circle of trust that this person had, the the world never really got to see this person because they protected themselves. Because they protected themselves because the you know, the fear of hurt meant I'm much better off to stay in a place where I'm safe. And by staying in the place where I'm safe, I'm not gonna get hurt. The problem with that was is that ultimately if I stay in this place where I'm protecting myself so I don't get hurt and I don't show the world the real me, there's a higher chance I'm gonna stay in a lonely place. Because if I do that, then ultimately I'm never gonna have experiences that allow me to connect with people in a way that allows me to show myself to the real world, to build genuine relationships, you know, ones that could help me fulfill that fear of loneliness moving forward. And that was the real conversation that we really had was that ultimately, how do you become somebody who moves away from making decisions about that, that are based on from protection of being hurt to becoming someone who allows yourself to develop the ability to build the connections that could open you up to feeling a sense of um, what's the opposite of loneliness a sense of a place you know a, a sense of I'm a part of a community and I add value and you know and even just a personal connection with those around you this this conversation was a bit of a mind-blowing one for me because it's a concept which I'd never really put in Hey, I'd never put a framework around it. And as I as we talked about it, like it was one of those sessions where I walked away going, "Wow, this is this is pretty mind blowing when you think about it." And and I suppose to make, if I'm going to kind of frame the concepts, the concept is where do you make decisions in your life that are about protecting yourself, but ultimately end up hurting you? Where do you make decisions? I'm going to say it again. Where do you make decisions in your life that you do to protect yourself? but ultimately end up hurting you. And the irony with the story that I just kind of told you was that the protection was a really understandable protection, like the protection of, I do not want to be hurt, and the world will hurt me. And evidence shows, you know, like I, the one thing I, I really try to talk to with my clients is, you know, where's the evidence? And not in a way that's saying they're wrong, but like, let's look for what's actually happening. And, you know, it's easy for us to say, oh, you know, you, you know, it's really not that bad in a case where some people are maybe perceiving something in the wrong way but when evidence shows you that when I go out in certain situations people will say things that are really hurtful well it's understandable why you're going to protect yourself but if you're protecting yourself from the hurt of that actually leads you to hurting yourself to a place where you're fearful of loneliness happens for your whole life well that's a big problem and so as I kind of I'm going to shift away from that experience right now but I want you to really start to reflect upon yourself and I really want you to start to think about, do you have this in yourself? Now, some people listening to this right now probably don't, you know, and if you don't, that's great. But is there an area of your life where you are protecting yourself from some kind of hurt? Is there an area in your life where you are protecting yourself from some kind of hurt? Now, how do we define hurt? Well, in this person's case, the hurt was the kind of viciousness of the world. Then jeepers, creepers, I can't reinforce this enough. It's understandable why you'd want to protect yourself from the viciousness of the world. But sometimes hurt is failure. Sometimes hurt, you know, is, is, is you know, I don't want to look like a failure. Sometimes hurt is, um, you know, rejection. Sometimes hurt is, you know, hurt can be so many things. But I think understanding what the hurt is for you 
is a really important thing because because if we can understand that, it can help us to move forward on what we need to work on. So if, if I'm talking right now and, and I'm really, you know, if you're really going, you know what, Bev's talking to me today. And some, you know, some some episodes of this, so that is that for you and some episodes you go, oh, you know, I know a friend like this, but today maybe you might be going, you know what, I do make decisions that are about protecting myself from that hurt. Now, the, 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 then the question goes, okay, well, what's the cost on your life by protecting yourself from that hurt? So in the situation I shared before, the, the, the hurt was the viciousness of the world. The protection was I need to put a shell around the real me because I, you know, I need to protect that from that viciousness of the real world. The cost on the real life was the lack of development of deeper connections in more areas of their life, which ultimately created a sense of loneliness and a fear of, does this mean my whole life is going to be like that? And when we think about it that way, the cost is pretty massive, isn't it? And when you think about yourself, so go back to yourself right now and think about where with yourself, what is the area where you protect yourself? What is the hurt? And then what is the cost on your life because you protect yourself from the hurt. If you can understand that, and, and, and you do go down to that, what's the cost on, of, of my long, you know, what, what's the real cost of me protecting myself from hurt? What are you missing out on because of that? Like, what are you missing out on because of that? Because that's, that's, that's really what we're going to start to identify. And because really what we want to figure out is, is it worth protecting yourself from that hurt? Big question to ask, isn't it? Is it worth protecting myself from that hurt? So, with this person, the person I was working with, they determined that it was worth working themselves away from this hurt. You know, like it really was, because the cost of it was actually bigger than the protection. You know, the cost was actually massive on their life. And if they could overcome that cost and actually have the benefit of, you know, not protecting themselves, then they would, you know, have a better life really I suppose and so when you think about that like because you might determine you might actually go you know what I do protect myself in this area but if you know it's, it's actually better to do that it's actually better to protect myself in this area and not you know in this in these other areas you know it's just you know, the benefits actually not better and that's that's maybe something you want to determine and maybe it's just how you want to live your life but uh, you know, and if that feels right for you, not sorry to be dismissive there, but um, that might be right for you, and that's okay too. It's okay to be safe. It's okay to protect yourself. It's, I'm not saying you need to be kind of foolish and just going to go, oh, I'm not going to protect myself and chuck myself out there. It's more, is this an area worth working on? Now the next thing becomes then, if it's, if you think and you kind of reflect upon what I'm talking about right now, and you know that deep down you are protecting yourself from hurt or you know, well, it's called hurt, but whatever that is, you know, you are protecting yourself from. But actually, your life would be better if you you could remove the cost of this protection. Then the question becomes, well, how do you develop yourself towards not protecting yourself? And that's where it gets pretty scary. Because, you know, for this, again, if we go back to my client, ultimately what we're saying is we need to get you to a place where you can be the real you more often. Where you can be the genuine you all the time. And if you're going to be the genuine you all the time, really that will build deeper connections in your life. And, and it's really interesting, we've had a couple of sessions since we had that kind of epiphany session, and I've had some really cool experiences where they've taken a bit of a risk. Now, I, 
if you listen to the show for a long time, you know I'm not kind of jump headfirst into kind of very vulnerable areas in your life. I'm a very much kind of a winning small a build confidence approach and so with this person we kind of went away and said let's just look for some moments where you can take a little bit of a risk around building connections with those in your world and they came back and they actually had this really cool experience of somebody where it was really fascinating actually because they came back and they said that they had this experience with this person who was just a rock star at um, making them feel valued, making them feel that they're important, making them feel that, that, that they contributed in many ways. You know, this person was just really great. And it was interesting as we discussed what we you know, well, how, how come that happened? And really what had happened was the, the, the person I was working with had opened up in a way that was you know, not what traditionally they would do. Nor traditionally they would have protected themselves. But they actually opened up with some stuff which was quite vulnerable, was a little bit scary. But through that, the person who they were working with, or the, the, the person who was a bit of a rock star, had a better understanding of my client. And because they had a better understanding of my client, they were able to be a better person for my client. And through that, they actually created a better bond together as, as a relationship. And that's, you know, and so the cool thing was is that they got the experience that, oh, actually, by not protecting myself, I feel a deeper connection in my life. And, you know, for the person whose fear of being lonely is the biggest thing in their world, this is something that was really, a really you know, was, I always talk about looking to build wins. You know, where, where are your wins? Where is the evidence to show us that you can shift in this area and show you that shifting this area makes makes a big difference? And that's what this person experienced is that they, you know, they thought, okay, well, in this moment with this person, I'm going to sh- not protect myself. I'm going to do something that w- w- may mean I may get hurt in my traditional way. Um, and, it's, and this is why I know this is so hard. Because there is a chance, and this is what we've talked about with, with my client, you know, maybe something we need to talk about here as well. There is a chance when you do the thing that's about protecting yourself and you know, you do remove the protection layer away, that you still might get hurt in the old way that you were fearful of. And, you know, with, with my client the thing we talked about was if that does happen, how do you deal with that? So what I'm talking about here is let's say you know, you, you're listening to today's podcast and you're going, you know what, I'm right, Bev's right, I'm, um, I protect myself from hurt in this area here. And this is an area of my life that actually, because I protect myself, it actually hurts more because of the cost of that. So I want to work on this area. I really want to work on making sure I overcome this area. And so I'm going to, I want to build the win, I want to build evidence, I want to build confidence that I can grow in this area. And I'm going to find some ways to remove my protective layer. And then you do get hurt. And, and I've got to be honest, it, it, it does happen. I've, I've had experience of clients where it happens. And so it's a really important thing that you preload how you would deal with that. Because what we don't want to happen is that if you get hurt and you go, you know what, reinforces I should never try to grow in this area. Now, obviously, when we think about trying to build your wins, we've got to do it in the safest way possible. We've got to do it in ways where we look for wins that are just small wins. You know, the wins that can just make you... <sighs> You know, just that aren't too much of a jump, just a little bit of a tweak, a little bit of a push forward. But we do want you to have wins, so we've got to be really wise. And, and as I remove my protective layer, what are the wisest ways to build wins? Not kind of just jump straight into the deep end and realize I can't swim. And that's what we want to think about there. But also, 
if the if, if the experience I have is one that reinforces the, the the hurt that I was protecting myself from, it's a preload how I will deal with that. It might be to have a learning approach. It might be to have some strategies that allow me to emotionally deal with it. It might be to use the support network around me. All those types of things are going to be really important. But then, suppose what this really comes down to is. If you could work on this area, so like, like if, again, if, if you're someone who this is identifying with today, if you could work in this area of your life where you are protecting yourself from hurt, if you could remove that, that protection, and build confidence in yourself and experiences that teach you that you no longer need to protect yourself from this way, and the cost of that hurt actually disappears, you know, so for example, let's say the client I'm working with, that the fear of loneliness disappears because they have so many great connections in their life, what would that mean for your life? Now, to me, that's pretty powerful stuff. That's, that's really powerful stuff. And to me, that's another reason why this is worth working on. Now, how to work on it? Well, I think there's some, some really important things to think about is to give yourself the time. It kind of goes back to the weekly meeting I was talking about before the show. But secondly, I think the other thing is to get the right people around you to support you on the area, you know, like get the right people around you and, and really think about the safe way forward. You know, really think about building this safe way forward that gives you the the ability to build the wins. By doing that, you start to shift yourself as a person who no longer takes decisions from protection. While it's understandable that we may make decisions from protection and and, and it's a safe choice, often it comes at a massive cost to our life. And I know I'm, I'm kind of wrapping things up now, but if you can identify what they are for you and what the costs are, and you can realize that maybe this is an area that you need to work forward, you know, work on moving forward, that's going to have a massive influence on what that means for your future. Like, if the thing you're protecting from actually hurts you more in your life, if you were to remove that, what does that mean for your life? It's interesting, actually, isn't it? I go back to that kind of me talking about my 5K dream early on in today's session, and that, that person who put that post up, and it was a pretty powerful post to me. And, you know... I wonder what their hurt around exercise was, what their, what their fear around exercise was, and how, you know, a lot of the excuses they used in the past was, was now I don't know this person, so I'm really just pulling this out of my butt, but um, I wonder how much of that was about them protecting themselves from failure of exercise. You know, I can't exercise because the kids need me so much. I can't exercise because um, I'm so busy. I can't exercise because I failed in the past. I can't, I can't, I can't. And in some ways, it's protecting me from the, you know, the experience of failing with exercise. So what do I do? I use these excuses to protect myself from failing, but ultimately I'm dissatisfied because I'm unhealthy with my, you know, my life. If I can see that, and I can go, oh, okay, well, what I need to do is I need to make decisions that aren't about protecting myself from the failure of exercise and the real thing I need to work on is how to be successful with exercise and again that's why I'm really proud of my 5k dream because this person is having that experience and look at what it's opening them up to it's opening up to a person who is thinking I can be healthy and I can be healthy not just because I'm running I can be healthy because I'm a healthy person and I can be me, and I can be healthy for my family, and I can, I'm starting to learn what means to be healthy, like for me, to, you know, this person has gone on to talk about how they just love getting outside and doing exercise, you know, so they're learning how to be a healthier person, they're no longer protecting themselves from failure, 
or the hurt of failure and they weren't looking on how to be how to win and these wins are shifting how they how they perceive themselves and what their future means for them and that's what today's conversation is about so if if you reflect upon yourself and even successful people you know like for those of you who are successful and I know you know there's a mix of audience I can't I'm not speaking to all one person here um but you know, maybe even you have areas where maybe you're protecting yourself. You know, I think all of us do. You know, all of us do. I, I do. You know, I have areas where I protect myself. And, you know, so to wrap things up, are there areas of your life where you protect yourself from, and I'm defining it as hurt, but you can define it however you need to define it. What is the cost of that upon your life? How do you learn when you're making decisions from that level of, you know, that I'm protecting myself? And then with that, once I understand that, I need to realize that maybe I need to develop a plan to make decisions that aren't based on protection, that are based on me being free and understanding that I'm trying to grow in this area, and then developing a plan, getting the right people with the right supports, developing strategies for if it doesn't go well. You know, like, let's say someone signed up for my 5K dream and they failed. Well, we need to think about that. You know, how do we, well, no, hopefully they don't. I think my product's really good. But at the same time, for the person who does fail, how do we make sure that we protect them in a way that, okay, well, maybe this wasn't the right one. I still need to keep trying. You know, maybe I need to try another exercise thing that allows me to win. And that's what we need to be thinking about, all of these types of things. If you can live a life where you're making decisions that are not about protecting yourself from hurt, but about developing yourself to overcome the hurt, it's got to be a better life. And as I always wrap it up, if you do that, you're going to be a much better version of yourself. Right, our team, so that's pretty much the gist of today's show done and dusted. Hopefully there's something in there for you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot lately in my life. I've got an interview coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm interviewing tomorrow morning on Monday because uh, I remember it's Sunday and my neighbor's doing there. Let's look at the music on the background. And uh, So I don't, don't have enough of in my life is music. I, I love listening to content. I really do. I, like, I play music. I love music. I play in a band. We're called I See Tomorrow. And... Uh, I don't play music around the house enough because I always want to listen to books and podcasts and stuff like that. And um, I need to do it more because there's, I've got a friend called Marky Mark and you go around to his house and my mate Porno and you go around to their house and there's just always music on, you know? And, and I don't know, man, music's, man, see I mean? I'm talking like a muso. Hey, man. Uh, but music is just so good. And uh, there's just something that's really cool about having music on. I'm, we're not big TV watchers. It's not like we have TV on all the time. But we just, you know, I, I literally walk around with my ears on all day, my iPod ears and listening to books and listening to, you know, I'm just, I love learning. So kind of a lot of that kind of stuff. But uh, there is something just about having the, the energy of music in your life. And as I think of my neighbor in the garden right now, he's probably doing a hard day's work, listening to cool music, and it's a pretty satisfying thing. I'm pretty sure he's going to get to the end of his day and go, you know what? It was a good day at the office, so it's pretty cool stuff. So maybe, maybe there's something in there for you. Uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks. I've got an interview coming up with a pretty interesting guest tomorrow, um, and that will be in the episode in a couple of weeks from now. And then actually over there, I'm off to Europe. I'm doing my honeymoon with my lovely wife, Jo. And uh, yeah, so we're off to Europe. I'm going to get shows done. I'm going to preload them all before I go away, and so that way we can kind of have our holiday and not work. I want to work as little as possible on holiday. And uh, yeah, and um, yeah, and... 
times. Um, that's pretty much this month's show with this episode. If you want to become a patron, go to www.bevanjamesoz.com. It's all on the website. It's all very clear. And thank you to those who already are patrons. You really do mean a lot in the support you give to me in the show. And that's pretty much it. I'll see you in a couple weeks' time. Keep being you and rock and roll.